pray this over this day. I thank you, Lord. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Eyes to hear. Is it up? The scripture? Okay. Um, So I just want to read this scripture before we worship together. Um, I was thinking about Moses this morning and uh, because I was listening to this other song called Show Me Your Face by... Paul Wilbur, uh, but I didn't, couldn't find that music today, so we're going to do this one instead. It's from the same, it's based on the same scripture where Moses wants to see God, and I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about how Moses was a man in scripture who had everything when he was a prince, right? He was a prince of Egypt. Who's seen that Disney movie, Prince of Egypt? Is that what it's called, Prince yeah. of Egypt? Ephraim, have you seen it? Yeah. Prince of Egypt, yes, Disney, about Moses. Disney movie, Prince of Egypt. Caleb saw it. Caleb, did you see it? Oh, yeah. Now you know you got to watch today. Yep. Since the giants are all done. But the thing is, is that, like, Moses, this is a long, this is a long thing. So I'm only going to share a little bit this morning. But Moses, he was a person who had all the money, all the power of the kingdom of Egypt. He was Pharaoh's favorite son or grandson. He was, he had everything that you could imagine. Like think of how we look to be successful, right? In America, we want money, we want houses, we want uh we want power, we want control, we want great things. There's so many different people, they want different things. But Moses, he had it all, right? He had it all. And you know what? He gave it all up. He let it all go. He let go of the reins. He let go of the power. He let go of all of his possessions, his position. He had everything. And he ran to the light. He ran to the call. He answered the call. And I agree with Chris's prayer this morning. God, give us ears to hear the call. It was eyes to hear. Yeah. (laughs) That's, isn't that a twist of words? Give us ears to hear the call and eyes to see the light, the light of God. 
It doesn't, Moses left all of that earthly power. And then you think of everything he went through. Like, it was amazing. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. You know, he led them out of Egypt and he parted the Red Sea by the power of God. He parted the Red Sea. He was a king. He was a prince in Egypt. He could have been king. He gave it up to follow God and to, and to answer the call of God to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He, he wrote the Ten Commandments. Well, he went up to the mountain with God and God wrote the Ten Commandments and he brought it back down. That's Moses. He saw the burning bush. He talked to God. Here he was in the world's eyes. He would be the prince. He would be the president. He would be the most powerful, blessed. In the church, we'd call him blessed. We'd say he's blessed. He's prosperous. Anointed. And yet, he saw God's glory. Because when he saw and experienced the glory of God, he left everything to follow God, to follow God. What did Jesus say in the New Testament? Follow me. Follow me. Now, did he say, follow me, and I'll make sure you have a beautiful big house. I'll make sure that you have all the money that you want to play and have fun and, and just, you know, have a fun life. I'll make sure you have every, all of that. Did Jesus say that? No. He said, follow me. He said, you might not have a place to lay your head down. <laughs> but something happens to us when we see the glory of God, when we feel the presence of God, when we feel his love, when we see what he's doing, when we hear what he's saying, when we read his word. Don't raise your hands, but I want to ask you this. How many of you read your word this week? Don't raise your hands. How many of you read the Bible this week? How many of you, it says, meditate on my word day and night. How many of us did that? Don't raise your hands. Don't, don't try not to look at each other because you might have a poker face. And give away what is the truth. <laughs> right? That's where we're going to see the glory of God. That's part of it. Coming together in this place is where we're going to experience the glory of God. Listen, Moses, he saw it. He felt it. He knew. He knew the God who created the universe, Ephraim. Think about that. 
Do we know the God who created the universe? Are we spending time with him? Are we worshiping him? Are we just even coming to be with him, to listen for him? Or are we playing church? Are we playing church, guys? One of the things that I felt like the Lord spoke to me this morning, and then we're going to worship, is that, and he, and I really feel like he has said this to me before, like, and I've heard other people say it. I've heard other people confirm it. We're, we're going back through scripture. We're going back to the beginning. We're going back to Eden. We're going back. And if we look at a lot of the stories in scripture, like Moses and the captivity of the Israelites, how is that going to how is that going to play out in our life as we go through that time period together, as we're heading back to the time when Jesus is going to reign on the earth and he will be king. He will be king and we will know him. Look, we got we to gotta get on our faces. We got to bow our knee. We got to get our word open. We got to look at it like it's life and living and it will feed us and it will empower us. We got to get on our knees and cry out to the God of the universe who's there to hear us as we're kneeling by our bedside with tears streaming down our face because we feel hopeless because we've lost hope or we're confused or we think that everything is against us. And you know why that happens? Because we're being attacked. We're being attacked by the enemy of our soul. What did Moses know? He came to the end of his life. He came to the end of his walk here on earth. And all he said was, show me your glory. Show me your face. Let's read that scripture together. It's up on the board. I don't know if it's the same version, but I'll read this. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. I know you by name. What did he say to the goats and the sheep? What did he say to the goats? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. Right? But here he says to Moses, I know you by name. That's what we want. We want God to know us by name, don't we? we because that's how we receive all his blessings his love, his hope, his joy. And if you need hope and joy this morning, if you feel like giving up, if you feel like there's no hope, if you feel like it's just a downward spiral and nothing good seems to be happening, then maybe you're under attack. And maybe you better look up, look to your father, 
and get to know him. He said, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and live. Can you imagine? And the Lord said, here he is talking to Moses, the God who's so powerful, so glorious, that if you see his face, you're going to die. You're going to die. He's so glorious. But he said to Moses, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. That's our job, guys. That's our mission. Stand on the rock and wait for the Lord to pass by. So shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. That's his protection. And will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. (laughs) Moses lived his whole life. And at the very end, after everything he went through, all that he wanted was to see God's face, was to see the glory of God. Show me your glory. Show me you. And so we pray that together this morning as we sing this song. Show me your glory. And we pray, Father, that you would pass by this morning, God, as we seek you, as we seek you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just picture, just picture Moses as you sing these words. And let's pray that the glory cloud comes right here this morning. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Amen. There's my queen going to the couch. Father, we just thank you for this day. I do pray, Lord God, and thank you for each person here. I pray your blessings upon them. I pray that you would, Lord God, just have your way today in Jesus' name. Grace, you want to come down? We're going to take up an offering, amen? Hallelujah. This is the favorite part of the whole day. Besides coming in here and worshiping God. I left my coffee back there. I got it. 
<clears throat> so, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing in in this house. I pray that you would bless those, Lord God, that give faithfully. Lord God, I pray that you would bless those that are giving online. I pray that you would bless the work of our hands, that you would bring in prosperity above and beyond, Lord God, that we can even uh, imagine, and Lord God, and that we would just give you the glory for what you're doing in us and around us and through us. And I just praise you and thank you for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead, Grace. We give... Because God promises that he'll bless us. <clears throat> we give because God commanded us to give. We should be giving a tenth of all of our income. A tenth. That's just what God has recommended for us. That's what God expects from us. That's not even our offerings. So if you wonder why you're not blessed sometimes, you've got to think about your giving. have to increase your giving to be giving the right amount. And it's not what Chris wants or what the church needs, cause, and it's not what God needs. He just wants you to be blessed. Amen? <clears throat> All right. I wanted to share this week is this week has been a hectic week, <laughs> but God's in charge, Amen. First thing I did when I got up down here and I turned on my tablet, I opened right up to the scripture that was there and I read it and it was from last week, Psalms twenty-three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths, along the right paths, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So, just like I preached last week, with all the chaos and everything that went on this week, I turned on my tablet, and right there it was. It was an answer that God gave me. There's my answer right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He quiets me. He restores me. Amen? Amen. And thinking of all of that... I go on to think of this week. You know, this week our leaders met. In Davos in Switzerland for the 2023 World Economic Forum. And you know what their agenda was? It's like 
their agenda, like they haven't met in like, this is the first time in two years because of COVID, three years because of COVID. And it's like they had to like hold everything. I, for one thing I, I had to say, I heard somebody say that the world, you know, because the World Economic Forum didn't meet the last two years, did anything change? <laughs> no. Right? Besides war. <clears throat> no, the world's still here. California hasn't fallen off into the ocean yet. Florida's not underwater. <clears throat> There's still snow on Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> At least Al Gore said there wouldn't be snow up there anymore. But anyways, their agenda was to tackle the energy and climate crisis and energy demand. I didn't watch any of these meetings. I don't know if anybody of you have. I've heard little clips of some of the speakers like Al Gore and John Kerry. And as I listened to them, as they were presenting their views, I thought, this is going out into the whole world and into our younger generation. And is it bringing peace? Is it bringing light? Or is it bringing darkness? As I thought to myself. What they're doing is they're threatening to push their agendas. They're trying to get people to react through fear. And you know, it makes me wonder how smart these people really are when they're talking about climate crisis, energy crisis, and all the chaos that's going on. I heard Al Gore up there going off on the stage about rain bombs and all this crazy things going on in the weather. And he was so persuasive and powerful in his speech. <clears throat> and I thought, none of it matters. None of it matters if they don't stop the war in Ukraine. And it's really not a war with Ukraine anymore. It's a war with NATO. It's Russia against NATO. If they don't stop the war that's going on, Russia came out and literally said this week, if they don't win the war in Ukraine, they will use nuclear weapons. They will use nuclear weapons if they don't win the war in Ukraine. So all of this climate chaos, all of this crazy 2023 agenda about energy, it's not going to matter if there's nobody left on earth <laughs> to who's going to use this stuff, right? They need to get their priorities straight. And half of them are all hypocrites anyways, cry, screaming about how the world, how people are destroying the world, and they themselves are flying around on their private jets, putting out so much CO2 in the atmosphere, 
You don't see any one of them giving up any of their luxuries to further their cause. And when you see that, you know that, they're, that they are lying to you. Because they're lying to you. You don't see if their lives are not changing. You know, give up their bioelectric plane and see how far that goes. I don't think you can recharge one of those halfway over the Atlantic or the Pacific yet. I don't know. They might have charging ports for planes and airports. I don't know. But the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. It's all about a bunch of hogwash. It's all about trying to keep you living in fear. And I want to tell you what, we do not live in fear. We are children of God. Amen? We are children of God. We don't live by fear. We don't fear man. We don't fear what they say. You know, Jesus was such a dangerous man in his time. Because he did not fear anybody, did he? Jesus didn't fear anybody. He knew where right fear was. He feared the Lord. Fear the Lord your God. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's what Proverbs say, says. Fear the Lord your God is the beginning of wisdom. Jesus didn't fear man, even unto death. He didn't fear him. That is a dangerous man to people who are out there trying to control people. It's somebody who is not afraid of them and not to tell them that what they're doing is a lie and it's based on fear and it's not based on God. Truth. The thing is, they don't want to hear the truth. And this is what makes me think of my sermon today. And it's the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well. And he's been very active in the world in the last, well, several hundred years. But he's been very more active in the last five years, the last ten to five years. He is ramping up his war against God's people, against God's children. And he's been very effective. He's very effective in his tactics. His mission is out there to kill His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's using people and he's using nations. Satan has been on a war path. And it's interesting, too, he knows, it's funny because when I, I'm all over my notes, I'm not even going to use them. It's funny, Jesus, he, Satan knows that Jesus is coming back. And I was thinking when I was writing this, I was thinking, you know, what were the effects every time that Satan met God? What, what happened to Satan every time that Satan raised his head up? Well, the first time, he got kicked out, didn't he? And God didn't even get off his throne. Satan got kicked out of heaven. God didn't even get off his throne. He said, Michael, can you take care of this for me? 
Basically, he did. And not only that, but a third of the angels fell with Satan to the earth. The second time Satan met God, and that was in the, in the man form of Jesus. What happened to him? Satan thought he won. Satan thought, Jesus is dead. I killed him on the cross. Well, then what happened? Jesus come knocking at his door. He descended into the depths of hell, into the belly of the beast, knocking on his door, makes a public spectacle of him down there, and takes the keys of hell and Hades. Kicked his butt again, basically. So he knows what's going to happen on the outcome. He knows that Christ is coming back soon on a white horse. Revelations chapter 19, verse 11, talks all about it. That's how we got our name. Jesus coming back on a white horse. As King of kings and Lord of lords. The Lion of Judah. You know, my wife showed me a video the other day of a lion. A massive male lion coming out of the bush and walking through cars that were parked and people in them. And I guarantee you this, I didn't see one window down and I didn't see anybody out there trying to pet that cat. That thing was huge. It was massive. And he knew he was the king. He walked right across there like nothing. Nothing fazed him or bothered him because he knew that he would destroy. And I'm telling you, Satan knows that. Satan knows that the king of kings is coming back. He knows that Jesus is coming back. And he knows that he's defeated. Because he can't beat him. But what he's doing, he's got this, his antichrist spirit and his little demons out there all over the place. Deceiving people and pulling people away. Trying to extinguish the light that God has in them. And they're deceived. They're being deceived. They're ignoring the truth. <clears throat> Let's see if I can get back to this somehow. You know, the spirit of the Antichrist is in all these leaders. You can see that by the way their tone is, by the way they react, and by the way they project fear out into the populace of people. They're not projecting hope. They're not projecting peace. They're not promoting love. You know, the interesting thing is they know what the truth is. The truth is right here in the Word. They know that all these things that are happening on the earth have been prophesied thousands and thousands of years ahead of time. They know what's coming. They're trying to make excuses on it, and they're trying to prophesy off it. I heard a party say, don't ever let a, a good crisis go to waste. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep you enslaved. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go there, Joe. I know that was one of the scriptures. 
Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground against the devil's schemes. Oh, hold on. The devil's schemes. He's going to scheme. He's going to try to deceive you because that's his nature. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Right? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So when you go to try to talk to some of these people about the truth, they're not even going to hear it. Not only are they not going to hear it, they refuse to hear it. And they will never hear it until you bind up that spiritual force of evil upon them. And I thought that as a new revelation to me. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Joshua Selman, my wife and I, apostle from Nigeria, and he's, I'm telling you, you should watch him. He's on fire. Nigeria's on fire. His area right there is on fire for God. God's moving. God's given this man mighty wisdom and anointed him to preach the word with truth and with power. But you are not going to be able to even get through these people thinking until that spirit is bound up and cast out of their lives. And we as Christians have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? So we have to discern it. We have to realize it. We have to see that. We have to have our eyes open and our ears open. To see and hear our minds and our hearts so we can let God speak to us and speak through us. Because the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word is the truth. The word is a light unto your feet, a lamp for your path. Amen? The word is powerful. Able to pierce right through all of that. The devil can't stop the word. As a matter of fact, the word will be here forever. My word will always be, God said. The world may fall apart, disappear, but this word will always be there. But the spirit of the Antichrist is at work, and he's at work even in our midst. Even in our family members, he's at work and he's deceiving. He's at work on probably every single one of us every day trying to get us to fall, trying to get us away. It's like what my wife said. How many times, honestly, have you read the word this week? I mean, we need to be opening it up and reading it every day. I'm guilty. It's true, though. Why are we getting into it? We got to examine that. We got to get back. It's like, you know, as a football coach, when you get your team together, you focus on the basics. You get the basic things down. You know, 
Maine Andwell was a terrible football team when I played for Maine Andwell in high school. But now Maine Andwell for the last few years has been one of the best football teams in this whole area. And they've won state championships. And all they, know, all they have is a couple plays. They have a couple plays that they have gotten down to perfection. And they practice and they run them and they practice and they run them. And each man does his job. Every person knows what they're going to do. And it's that sweep that Manenville does, and they got it down. They know that they're either going to pass it off to the running back or the quarterback's going to keep it. But they've practiced it, and they practice it. And our faith has got to be the same way. We've got to practice. We've got to work on it. We've got to build the foundation. We've got to build the foundation. Every other Every any other foundation is sinking sand. If we don't have a strong foundation, if we don't build it, if we don't get into our word, if we don't know it, if we don't pray, what's happened with prayer in our lives? You know? Think about it. What has the devil done even in our midst? Where have we let him have his, have his way? I mean, all it takes is a little crack in the door. All it takes is a little compromise here and there, and you open the door. And if you open the door for a little bit, then he can open the door all the way. And we got to be on fire now more than ever. And we got to ask ourselves why are we not? If we're not, we have to examine our own hearts, we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Right? That's what the Word says. You know, uh, we don't want to hear, when we go to heaven, we don't want to hear Jesus say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Amen? So we have to be wise. We have to dig into the Word. We have to keep meeting together. I'm so thankful that you guys are so faithful. Every week, every week, you're here every week. I could count on it. You know, the only time is if people go on a vacation. But every week, we can count on you guys being here. And that, God sees that. He sees your faithfulness. And he says, thank you. You know, and he will reward you for that faithfulness. He will bless you. And that will keep and stay with you for many days through your life. Stay faithful to God. He will always be faithful to you. He will never fail you or forsake you. He will never leave you abandoned. He will never leave you alone. Amen? But we have to recognize and discern the spirit of the Antichrist. We have to be awake to his schemes and aware of them. And we have to bind them up. And we need to start praying for our loved ones and bind them, bind that spirit. Bind those principalities and rulers of darkness and high places. Bind them up. Amen. Amen. What was the other scripture, Joe, I want to read? It's in first John four. Right? 
Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Right? This is how we can recognize the spirits. Whether they're from God or they're from the devil. So listen. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist was in the world 2,000 years ago and beyond. John said it's in the, he was in the world even then, in John's days. Because look at what happened to Judas. At the communion table, when the devil entered him, look at what happened to Peter. When Jesus rebuked him, when Jesus wanted to go into town, and, and, and he didn't know the plans, but God did. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me, Satan. Called him Satan. Because it's the spirit of the Antichrist, Satan. So every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Amen? Do you believe Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Was born of a virgin? Amen? Amen. You, dear children, have come from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. But we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God, now listen to this, does not listen to us. How many people do you know of that you talk to God about and you know they're not listening to you? They don't listen to you. When I was reading that, I was like, that's when we know we got to bind up that spirit. That's where I got that revelation. We got to bind up the spirit and powers and principalities of darkness over these people. Because a lot of these people confess they are Christians but yet they do not want to listen to the truth. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that there's demons and devils out there tormenting people, oppressing people, and possessing people. They don't want to face that truth. But what did Jesus do? 
Jesus came to this earth healing, right? Healed people. We see, uh, he restored sight to the blind, raised the dead, delivered the oppressed from demonic forces. Deliverance is part of your ministry. It's part of what Jesus did. But people don't want to hear that. They don't want to listen to it. And that's the spirit of the Antichrist. And sometimes they'll tell you that right to your face. When I first got saved, I talked to my friends about Jesus. And I had one friend particularly, I'm not going to mention his name, but he told me, he goes, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about God or Jesus. I don't want to hear about that. That's the spirit of the Antichrist right there. I've never talked to him again. One of my best friends through school, I've never talked to him again. Because he did not want to hear about Jesus. And when I got first saved, I told everybody about Jesus. That was my duty. I was on fire for God. I wanted them to get saved. I wanted them to have, hear the truth. I wanted them to be saved. And in heaven. And I might not have went about it the right way, but I was excited, a young Christian, immature, and I was just telling them about what God did for me and how he saved me, and I wanted that to happen to them. But they told me, no, 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 I don't want to hear that, I don't want to hear that. And that was it. Never talked to them again. Hopefully they're saved. Hopefully they come to the truth. I pray that they do. If it's not too late, if they're not already gone. I don't know. That was 28, 30 years ago. Long time. But things like that happen. And they're going to happen more and more as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ. We get closer and closer to the return of Christ. The Antichrist is going to keep ramping up, ramping up. This is just the stage, this is just the beginning stages. The earth is going through these beginning birth pains. That's why we're seeing all these things happening. It's because of what's going, what's been prophesied. It's the birth pains. The earth is getting ready to birth a new earth. And it's the kingdom come. It's, it's, it's the kingdom of heaven coming on this earth. That's what's happening. It's groaning. It's, it's wobbling. It's out of control right now, they say. But you know what? It's preparing for God to set up his throne right here on earth with us for a millennial reign and to be with us forever. So it's got to make some adjustments. The darkness has to flee when the light comes. You know, it's like you turn on a switch in your bedroom at night and the light pushes the darkness away. And you can see that's what's going to happen. Amen? We have to remember that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, right? I'm not fighting against my wife. I'm not fighting against my son-in-laws or daughters or grandchildren or children or mother or father. Not, that's not where the fight is. I'm fighting against the demonic spiritual forces of evil in high places, the rulers, the powers and principalities. Rebuke the devil. Recognize it. Rebuke the devil. 
I would never fight against my mother-in-law. Let's put it that way. Or my father-in-law. But never. Just so people out there know it straight. She's a godly woman and so is my father-in-law. Godly people. Godly woman, he says. Rebuke the devil. Stand your ground. Let's build our foundations. Amen? Amen. Prayer. Let's start praying. Praying. Prayer moves the hand of God. I do a lot of my praying now at night, in the middle of the night. A lot of praying. A lot of praying. A lot of prayers go up in the middle of the night. <clears throat> All our hope is in who? All our hope is in Jesus. All my yesterdays are gone. Amen? All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed in the blood. Something like that. Amen? So, Father, I thank you and praise you for this day. I do pray, Lord God, that you would, Lord, just minister to us, Lord, as we, Lord, just long for you and just want to be in your presence as Moses did, Lord God, and how David was in your presence how the disciples were in your presence when they walked with Jesus, how Mary was in your presence for the life of her son, Jesus. And Lord God, just being around you, Lord God, is where we want to be. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, I just picture you as a magnet drawing us to closer and closer to you. Lord God, I pray that, Lord, that you would pull us in, hem us in. Lord, I pray that you would protect us and keep us from the enemy. Lord God, let us never to fall in temptation. But, Lord, let us to just trust in you. Let us put all our hope in you. All our hope is in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you. If anybody would like some prayer... I need something to be prayed for. <clears throat> we'll pray for him. I'll have Julie pray for him. I've been a little sick, so. Amen. Amen. Heal in Jesus' name.